I'm ready. Are you ready? I don't I'm think ready. they're ready. You're ready? Here we go. Ain't no party. Like a Trace Church party because a Trace Church party don't stop. Yeah. We, Nobody? We have no rhythm. That's it. We tried. We started. We good. good. Hey, welcome to Trace. My name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here. This is Corey. He's a pastor here as well. I want to welcome all of you in this room. I want to welcome those that are joining us online today. I also want to say a welcome and a special shout out to our guests joining us for the first time. We are incredibly honored and grateful that you're here to be a part of this conversation. And so, hey, before we get into kind of what's happening this morning, what all this is actually about, uh, I just want to give you a quick um, announcement really quick on Easter coming up on April 1st. Yes, it is April Fool's Day, but we are still having Easter. So uh, we want to encourage Jesus you guys to come. really does resurrect. It's not like a psych. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, nope, just joking. No, he does. Yeah, he, he comes did, back. He, he did. He did. He did, yeah. Resurrect. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so our services for this Easter are 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m., and if you've been around, you've been hearing us talk about this, from that point moving forward, we're going to move our service times uh, to 9.30 and 11 consistently uh, following that Sunday. And so the Saturday before Easter, we're having this big party. We throw parties around here. That's what this morning's all about. We're going to throw a big Easter party that'll be from 10 till noon. And so we've been asking you guys to bring candy, if you'd be uh, continue to bring that for us on Sundays from now until Easter that would be great because we're just going to have a big celebration. We need your help to bring that candy so it can be a great time for the kiddos. So with that being said, maybe you walked in here today. Maybe you haven't been here for a little while. Maybe this is your first time. You're like, hey, what's all this about? Because this is not typically how this looks or our lobby looks. And so, yes, today we are kicking off our nation's focus, and we are incredibly excited about this. And I thought that this would be a great opportunity, before we kind of unveil everything that this entails, I thought this would be a great opportunity to maybe revisit some things that we would kind of call, you know, fundamentals or essential building blocks to who we are as a church. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to cover them all, but I want to cover a couple because I think by doing so, it's going to better help you to understand, like, why we're doing this and why we're making such a big deal about it. So with that being said, let me start with this statement right here. We throw incredible parties. Here at Trace, we have what we call four key traces. Some people would call them core values. We call them key traces. And this is one of them, that we throw incredible parties. Now, if you've been around the church for a while, maybe you grew up in church, it's like, man, that doesn't sound like a typical core value of a church. And it's really not. But let me explain why this is so important to us. When we throw parties here at Trace, they're not for our benefit. They're to benefit others. Oftentimes, if there's a need that needs to be met, or maybe there's a certain group of people that don't often get parties thrown for them. If you're new to the scriptures, if you're new to the Bible, if you're new to church, you might not know this. Jesus actually encouraged us to throw parties. He didn't say if you throw a party. He said when you throw a party, throw it for people who nobody else is throwing a party for. And so if you've been around for a while, you know we've thrown a couple parties here recently. Several months ago, we threw what we called a food packing party. And we did this for the country of Puerto Rico, who was devastated by the hurricane. I'm sure you saw all of that on the news. And so we decided we're going to invite a bunch of people, and several hundred people came, and we, we put over 30,000 meals together and sent down to the country of Puerto Rico. And we threw a party in the process to do this. A couple months after that, we threw a foster Christmas, foster kid Christmas party. What are you doing there, man? Horrible. <laughs> um, but uh, these aren't foster kids. These are actually just participants and volunteers that helped us throw this party. And we, we did so just to love on foster kids, but also give foster families uh, and parents an opportunity to go out and have a date on us. This is who we are. 
And what we've decided, we decided this a long time ago, is that we wanted to be a church that was on mission. Now, you might have been a part of a church before, maybe an organization that had a mission statement. This may be common, you know, vernacular for you. And we decided we didn't want to just have a mission statement, but we just want to be on mission. Because for those of us that have put our faith in Jesus, we're all on mission. And so we have an on mission statement that says this, we're on mission to leave a trace of God's love everywhere we go. Friends, this could be as simple as giving somebody a simple gesture of, hey, how are you, and actually meaning it. Like actually looking at somebody in the eyes and saying, how's your day going? And slowing down the pace of your life long enough to actually care what their response is. That's a trace of God's love. It could also be sharing your faith with someone. It could also be radical generosity. The ways that we leave traces of God's love are, man, they're endless. But we've decided as a church... We wanted to primarily leave a trace of God's love in three particular areas. And again, this is not news for you guys that have been coming for a long time. So we decided we wanted to specifically focus on leaving a trace with our neighbors, with the nations, and with the next generation. Now, each of these has an action step around it. With our neighbors, we said we want everyone in a group, in a neighboring group. If you haven't made that step yet, you've been coming to Trace, man, that's your next step. Get involved in a group, biblical community. That's where God wants you. And then with our next generation, we said we want everyone investing in kids, whether it's serving in our children's ministry, helping with Hope and Home, our foster care a strategic partner uh, that we work with, maybe becoming a foster parent, maybe sending a kid to camp who can't afford it. We want to invest in the next generation. And then that leads me to where we're at today with nations. And we've decided for our nations the action step that we want is that we want everyone on a trip. You really want every one of these guys to go on a trip? Every single one of them. On, not at the same time. Not at the same time, yeah. But everyone on a trip. Now, why? Why? Out of all the things that we could ask you to do as a church, and, and believe me, there's a lot of thought that have, has gone behind these things. Out of all the things that we could have asked you to do, action steps that we would have encouraged you to make that we felt would, would better your faith, that would develop your faith journey, your relationship with Jesus, why would we have chosen this one to be on our top three? Let me take a moment and explain why that is. About 10 years ago, I got my first opportunity to go on a global mission trip to the country of Haiti. And while I was down there, I did a lot of things, but I remember specifically a couple instances and one of them was going to an orphanage with kids that were HIV positive. And this country, as you know, is not very, um, you know, they don't, they don't have the, the goods and the medicine that they need uh, oftentimes. And so these kids who had HIV, man, their, number, their days were numbered. And I remember just spending time with them and watching people and loving on them. And oftentimes they weren't getting paid to do so. Just gave up their own time and came in to love on these kids that many others have discarded. And then I remember going down to the bottom of this compound, this mission where I was staying called Northwest Haiti Mission. And in the bottom of this compound was a place called Heaven's Waiting Room. And in Heaven's Waiting Room, there were kids with mental and physical disabilities. And they had literally been discarded by their parents on the side of the streets. And again, because of the lack of resources and medicine and different things they may need, these kids, their, their, their days were numbered. And I remember sitting down, and I can, I mean, if, you, if I think long and hard enough about it, I can still remember the stench. But I remember this kid named Stephen. And I just had Stephen come over, and I just put him in the middle of my lap, and I just kind of held him. And Stephen was both mentally and physically handicapped. And, you know, for Stephen, 
I'm not certain, but I'm sure he didn't live too long after that moment. But it created an eternal impact on me. You see, if I were to try to sum it up in as few words as possible, this is what I would say. In those moments, God forced me to see the world the way that he sees it every day. And it changed me, friends. It changed me. And so now I've had several opportunities to go on many more trips. Corey and I have been on a few together. And in those trips, I've watched God do the same thing in the lives of others. You know that, you know, if you've been around here, you know we make this statement. Most of us are like the rest of us. My experiences oftentimes are not that different from your experiences. And so I've watched how God has used these kind of trips to completely reshape people's minds and really reshape their heart. And they come back and, and just, I mean, to be fair to what, how this kind of unfolds, oftentimes we go on these trips and we think, man, I'm going to go for 10 days and I'm going to change the country of Haiti. And that doesn't happen. What happens is the people going on these trips, you do very little impact, but the impact left on you is monumental. And so... Uh, friends, why, out of all the things we could have chosen, did this make our top three? Because we really do believe these global trips, if you'll consider it, if you'll get on one of these trips, and we want everyone on one of these trips, that it will leave an impact in your life that will be eternal, that it will reshape your heart, that you'll come back and you'll now be forced to see the world the way that God sees it every day, and it won't just be a picture anymore. It'll be a real person, and that'll change you. And so our encouragement to you today, and Corey's going to talk to you more about this later, but our encouragement to you today is start planning and praying and preparing to go on one of these trips. It will challenge you. It will shape your faith, and it will elevate Jesus in your life. And so we want everyone on one of these trips. Now, I forgot a big piece. So today, the big unveiling of our nation's focus, and Corey's been working his butt off uh, and uh, as well with a lot of others to figure out, like, what is our focus going to be? Um, we are partnering with the country of Guatemala, specifically an organization called Children's Hope Chest. So he's going to talk to you more about that here in a little bit, but you're going to share with us about Children's Hope Chest in Guatemala. So it's awesome. good times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a quick I, I show of hands here. How many of you have actually been out of country on a missions trip? All right, uh, honeymoon does not count. All right, <laughs> so... Um, that is awesome. That is. Uh, that is so, so cool. So you probably understand this already. As Aaron had already mentioned, uh, he and I have both been on uh, a number of trips and, and a number of them together. And we can attest uh, not only to... Uh, to the work that we've seen in other people's lives, like the impact that is left on them. Uh, but every time, uh, and, I, and I've been to a lot of places uh, overseas and seen a lot of things, but every time I go, it, it reinforces some things or things are revealed to me in a way that I wouldn't catch them otherwise in my typical context, in my culture. And it just causes you to see things differently. And that's one of the reasons why we want you to go on a trip. But I, I would say pretty confidently to you today that I wouldn't actually be sitting up here in this capacity as a pastor today had I not gone on a trip my senior year to uh, to a place called Argentina. And I was there on a sports mission trip. And, and while I was there, it was like the, the most intentional ministry that I'd ever done and, and the, the greatest amount of challenge that I'd ever experienced. And, and I, I distinctly remember on my way back as I'm trying to d- digest this whole experience, uh, I felt God's calling on my life that this is what he wanted me to do. Not necessarily in Argentina, but he, he wanted me to be devoted to full-time ministry. And from that point forward, I came home and I changed plans. I switched colleges and, and like I took that track because I got to hear from God clearer than I ever had before. And it was all because of this particular experience that I had on a global connection trip, on a trip overseas. And so we, we want you guys to get involved in that. Now, one of the things 
things that Aaron and I have both realized is that uh, very often um, we try to pioneer things that, that would be better if we simply partnered with other people. And here's what I mean is, is there are a lot of other great organizations and groups that are doing things that uh, if we didn't think that we had to do it on our own, if we just simply partnered with them, we could actually make a bigger impact and influence. And so uh, with those other things that Aaron had talked about earlier with our major focuses, we've done that. We've, we have strategic partnerships with both our next generations and our neighboring efforts. And so uh, what we did was with our nations, we said we need a strategic partner yeah. that we can partner with instead of having to pioneer this, this path to the nations. And, uh, and as we started looking at different organizations, man, we found uh, there are a ton of great organizations doing incredible work all throughout the world. Uh, but when it came down to it, uh, as we were researching these, experiencing these, um, going and visiting uh, alongside these organizations, there was one that stood out among the rest that fit our culture and our philosophy of ministry, and that's that's Children's Hope Chest. And so I want to introduce you to them today. Matter of fact, we've got a group from Children's Hope Chest here in the back. Raise your hands if you're all yeah. here from Children's Woo-hoo! Hope Chest. Yeah. Give it up. Children's one of the uh, one of the cool things about this organization is they're local. They are, uh, actually uh, operate out of Palmer Lake, uh, so just uh, just north of here, which is really cool. We've got a great representative uh, a representation of them today. Uh, but, but let me tell you, um, they do several things that other organizations do. But there were two things that stood out to us as we were pursuing this and wanting to figure out what, what works best for us as as a church and community. And one of the things that they do is they have this community-to-community philosophy uh, in in their global um, efforts. And and this is what I mean by this. What they'll do is they go to these different countries, and and they find different communities that have a specific need and and a desire to actually have that need met. And and then they come back to these North American communities like ourselves, and they say, hey, would you be willing to partner with this community? And so it's not like a one-on-one thing, but it's a community-to-community thing. And and so this is how it works. Uh, They, like other organizations, they, they do like child sponsorship and those kind of things. We'll talk to you more about that later. But but being that it's a community-to-community partnership, uh, when you sponsor a kid, uh, they live down the road from, from the kid that I sponsor, which lives next door to the kid that you sponsor. And so the, there's this kind of, uh, you know, synchronism of things that are happening where um, the impact that you're making is actually affecting the kid that's, that I'm actually sponsoring and being a part of. And then uh, we also will do projects uh, that help to, 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 to um, manage the community and the vision of that particular leader, that community. And so when we collectively work on those projects, it's affecting everybody within the community that's helping out. And then when you go on a trip to go visit the kids, because they're going to go do they're that because everyone's on a trip, on a trip right? Yeah. Um, so when you go to visit, you're not only visiting uh, your kid that you're sponsoring and meeting their family, you're actually bringing greetings from the rest of us as a part of the community that's investing in their community. And it's this beautiful thing. And you have an opportunity not only to, to invest in an individual kid, uh, but an entire family and, and even an entire community. It's so cool. I love their philosophy in that. Uh, but one of the other reasons uh, that we chose this particular organization is um, they, are, they are completely an organization that believes in leadership. Uh, everything rises and falls on leadership, and they are all about empowering leaders. And so what they'll do is they'll go into these communities, and instead of, of simply bringing an incredible program that they have to be able to offer the community and saying, hey, here's how we do it. Let's get some of you guys to do this. What they do instead is they go to these communities and they find local leaders that are global. Uh, they find local leaders in these nations and, and that are already involved in doing things, that are already connecting with the, the kids and the families of the community, that are already meeting needs, that, that are already pouring themselves out. And, and some of the organizations that we, and some of the care points that we went and visited were anywhere from like 5 to, to 18 years already in existence. In other words, they're not waiting on American supporters to come alongside of them in, in, in order for them to do anything. They're already doing Doing stuff, 
And then what Children's Hope Chest does is they come alongside it and say, hey, can we partner you with another community that can pour some gasoline on the fire that's already been lit in you? And, and so that fits perfectly into the mentality and the model of ministry that we have here at Trace because we are all about equipping and empowering and releasing people to do what it is that God has called them to do in the first place. Yeah. It's an Ephesians 4 model of ministry. And if you're not familiar with it, Ephesians 4 says this. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. It says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. You see, our job as leaders, and, and they see this as their job as, their, as the organization, is to come alongside of people that God has already given a vision to and to empower them and to equip them to be able to accomplish that. And that fits totally into what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, w- one of the things that uh, Aaron and I got to uh, do uh, last week was we went to a conference, and I heard this guy, his name's Sam Stevens, doing an incredible work globally. He said this. He said, if we want to change the world, we should invest in the people that are already changing the world. And so with that being said, I'd like to introduce you to our particular community that we are going to be sponsoring. So we talked about Children's Hope Chest. Aaron introduced you to the fact that we're going to be in Guatemala. Guatemala uh, has an incredible need. Uh, one of the reasons why we chose Guatemala, though, is because it has uh, easy access. The cost will be a little bit less, uh, and only about six hours uh, to get there. Uh, time zone is uh, basically the same as, as what we are. And so this is going to allow us to send as many of you to be a part of this. But the real reason why we chose Guatemala was because of this particular care point in this community and this leader, his name's Ricardo, that we met while we were down there, and I want to introduce you to him. So go ahead and turn your attention to the screens and watch this. When the sea is calm and all is right When I feel your favor flood my life the good I'll follow you Even in the good I'll follow you When the boat is tossed upon the way Hola hermanos de Trace Church Les saluda Ricardo Fundador y director de Proyecto Genesis aquí en Guatemala Hello brothers and sisters from Trace Church uh, my name is Ricardo. I am the founder and director of Proyecto Genesis here in Guatemala. Les mandamos muchas bendiciones de parte de mi familia y de todos los integrantes de Proyecto Genesis. We send you greetings from my family and from all the children in Proyecto Genesis. Y les agradecemos el amor que están empezando a tener para nosotros. And we are so grateful for the love God has given, us, given you for us. Muchas gracias y esperamos verlos pronto aquí. Thank you very much and we hope to see you here very soon. Yeah. Anybody want to take a guess at how many kids they can fit in the back of that truck right there? <laughs> I mean, good night. Um, How many of you guys think Corey should get a man bun like Ricardo? <laughs> I vote. That's my vote. Yeah, you're the one talking about wanting to change your hairstyle. All right, so uh, mine's been the same since I've been in kindergarten. All right, so. Um, it looks good. <laughs> so, uh, so here's the deal. Like, um, uh, Tim and I got a chance to go down and visit with Ricardo and see his care point. Now, we got, to get, we got a chance to go see uh, multiple care points down there. And when I say care points, these are communities that have leaders that are doing things already in these communities. And, uh, and when we got down to, uh, to see Ricardo, it was one of the last ones we visited. 
uh, there was something that was incredibly attractive about this guy. Um, and um, one of the things is, is in a lot of these countries, uh, uh, men aren't involved in their community. Uh, if, if anything, they're like, uh, they're, they're causing the, the, the whole mentality of the generations that are coming after them to take on a bad, imp, you know, bad practices. And they're, they're, you know, so seeing a guy like this who actually wants to invest in the community is an incredible thing. Uh, one of the things you'll, you'll find out about Ricardo is that he's not your typical Guatemalan. Like he's, a, he's kind of a rebel. He wears shorts most of the time. He's got his man money. He's more like a Coloradan than a, than a, than a Guatemalan. And so, uh, again, he just kind of fits our culture. But um, I, I loved his heart. Uh, and, and I loved his story, and I wanted to share just a little bit of his story with you, uh, because uh, Ricardo is an incredibly sharp individual. He's about our age, and, and as he was telling us his story, one of the things that he, he said was that um, he was climbing kind of the ladder of success. He was pursuing his career, and, and what you'll find out about Ricardo is he's a very entrepreneurial guy. He's not going to wait for anything to come to him. He goes after it, and, uh, and so he was doing this just in life and in his business and his career, and all of a sudden something happened. He ended up having his first child a daughter, and he named her Genesis. And, uh, and as oftentimes does, uh, when we have these kind of life-changing experiences like having a, a kid, it causes you just to pause for a minute and see the world a little bit differently. And, and, and that was the case with Ricardo. All of a sudden, he had this daughter, and he started looking around at his situation and the communities that were around him. And, and, and he started to wonder, he's like, I, can I give my daughter something different than what I see right now? Mm. Not only what, what he was pursuing, but also what he was seeing uh, in this in this country um, that honestly has, has some major, major issues, uh, safety and nutrition and education and all those kind of things. And, and so something like just clicked in him, and he really started to get this calling. And so uh, on behalf of his daughter, he started this thing called Project Genesis, you know, based upon his daughter. And so he started to, to volunteer his time uh, with this local community that had some huge needs. And, and it started off by just having a couple of kids and an after-school program. And, and a couple of kids turned into a dozen kids, and a dozen turned into 50. And then, then five years later, now we sit with Project Genesis with 109 kids that show up on a regular basis uh, to That's be incredible. a part of this particular ministry. And it didn't start off as a ministry. It started off as just a guy going, I want something different for my daughter. And I think a lot of us can relate to that with our own kids. We want something different. And God all of a sudden has orchestrated this, this piece where he's now just like doing some incredible things. And, and, and so what we get a chance to do is stand alongside of a guy who, in, in great regards, he, he put aside and sacrificed his career in order to be able to pursue this calling so that you and I can actually be a part of impacting this entire community, all 109 kids in this yeah, community. That's awesome. Speaking of um, dads and daughters, a few weeks ago, actually a couple weeks ago I think it was, I was driving down the road and my four-year-old daughter Avery's with me in the back seat. and She just pipes up and she goes, Dad, does God know that I like unicorns? <laughs> and I said, well, of course he does, baby. He, he knows everything. And then she said, as, as serious as she could be, then why didn't he make any? That's a good question. <laughs> it was a good question. I said, well, maybe there's some in heaven. We'll wait and see. As I was preparing, you know, some of the things that I wanted to talk to you guys about this morning, I was thinking about that. And God just kind of put this on my heart, if you will. Um, I wonder how that conversation goes in Guatemala. And what I want you to do right now, before I even share what I'm about to say next, I would just encourage all of us to raise our empathy. Because I think what probably that conversation goes is like this. 
Um, and, and it's probably not even a car, right? It's probably walking down a dirt road, and a little girl looks up to her dad and says, Dad, does God know that we're hungry? Does God know that mom's sick and needs medicine? Does God know that we don't have a place to stay tonight? Now, I want to be very clear about this next statement. I'm not saying any of this, and I'm going to read you a passage that's going to, going to mess with you a little bit. And I'm not doing any of this or saying any of this to entice any kind of guilt or compulsion or even fear. And you'll see what I mean by that when I read this passage. But I just want to raise our empathy. I want, to, I want you to remember that every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. It's not just a picture on a postcard. So let me do this. Let me read something that Jesus says really on this subject when it comes to kids and kids when there's need, uh, people when there's need. And so if you want to read with me, you can. Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 31. Here's what Jesus says. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before, before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer, Truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these of my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me. You cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in person and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into the eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal fire. Ouch. This is called one of the hard sayings of Jesus. And sometimes what I think we do, myself included, I'll read this, and it's like, I'm just going to, I'll read, let me get to the part where Jesus loves people and wants to help us. And, but here, I think what he does is he clearly, and why, why do I read this for us? Because if, we're, if we are really serious about following Jesus, and he's our Lord and our leader, and I know that may not be the case for everybody in here, and if you're, and that's not you, guess what, you're kind of, you're off the hook right now. But for those of us that have chosen to put our faith in Jesus, he defines here what our faith lived out should look like in this, this specific context. In other words, faith that's not followed through on is really no faith at all. One of the things that we're trying to accomplish here at Trace is we're learning to kind of recompartmentalize our life. We're learning to take a second look at our life and the pace in which we're living and asking ourselves the question, are we actually seeing people in front of us? Or is the pace in, in our current circumstance, maybe, maybe the fact that we're too caught up in our own life, is it getting in the way of us actually seeing the people that God's putting in front of us? And friends, I think we're all guilty of this. Because sometimes we don't see people, even though they're right in front of us. We see through them, we see past them, we see them as a transaction. But God's saying, maybe, 
this person is in front of you so that you can leave a trace of God's love in their life. Friends, let me challenge us with something this morning. No matter how many times we hear of another school shooting, no matter how many times we hear of another terrorist attack, no matter how many times you fill in the blank, may we fight the tendency to become desensitized to the horror that we hear on almost a daily basis because on the other side of those stories are people, people with their own stories, people that are being impacted by the tragedies around them. No matter how many times we see a little kid's face on a postcard or picture, may we not, may we fight against the natural drift of becoming desensitized and maybe even discarding what we see in front of us because they're actual people with a story. So instead of maybe stepping back, and I don't know what your excuse has been. I know I've had excuses in the past where it's like, man, the, the, the need is just too big. How could I possibly help everyone? Instead of that, I think we need to approach it with this question right here. What if I did for one? Just one. What if I did for one? What I wish I could do for everyone. And I think if we'll take this approach in our life, we'll learn to leverage our influence including our times, our talents, and yes, our treasures, to be used, and don't miss this, to create a better story for others. We can actually do that. A couple weeks ago, I talked about how some people really look up and are like, man, how could there be a loving God if there's starving kids in Guatemala? And what I encourage us, really challenge us on is this. Sometimes it's not a matter of whether or not God has provided, because I believe he has provided, but for those of us that have been provided with abundance, it's about us distributing accordingly. We need to be distributing out of our abundance. And so here's what I want us to do today. Friends, I want us to maybe take this statement that we often use in these contexts, and I've used it where it's like, you know what, I, I, you know, Aaron, someday, some, some, right now, I got a lot going on, man. I got school, I got work, I got kids, I, I got you know this other thing. I got money tied up over here. So, I, but I know what you're saying, and I know it's a good thing. So someday, someday I'm going to do that. Here's my challenge: What if we made someday today? What if we made someday today? Now, by no means are we wanting to compel anybody to do anything the Spirit's not already leading you to do. I just know from my own personal life. Oftentimes, it's just a simple excuse that allows me to discard things when there's a real need in front of me. And Jesus says, man, if there's a real need in front of you and you can meet it, I'm asking you to meet it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a moment, and we're going to go into a time of what we call response here at Trace. And this is going to look several different ways. For those of us that have put our faith in Jesus, uh, this is an opportunity for us to celebrate the cross. And so down front and in the back, there are tables with crackers and juice. And we take a cracker that represents the body of Jesus, and we dip it in a cup that represents his blood. And we remember that this is not a fairy tale. It's not a Sunday school lesson. It's a real event that happened about 2,000 years ago that changed human history. Because in that moment, when Jesus gave his life for us on the cross, our sins could then be forgiven if we'll put our faith and trust in him. If you haven't made that decision here, that's always your next step. And if you want to talk about what that looks like, we'd be more than happy to talk to you about that. Come find us. 
Some of you, you've been ready to bring your tithes and offerings, and so there's a bucket you can drop those off at. If you're a guest here today, never an obligation to give, uh, but one of the things we're trying to accomplish as a church is becoming the most generous church that any of us have ever been a part of. And so if you've prepared to do that, you can, you can bring your offerings. Others, there's some buckets in the back on these black tables where you can write a prayer request. If there's something going on in your life and you're just tired of keeping it to yourself, you're tired of carrying that burden alone and you want to write it out, maybe a confession, something you just want to get off your chest, man, go back there and write it down. We kick off every single week and we're going to pray over those every week. And so we encourage you to do that. But then what I invite all of us to do is I want you to walk around the room and again, to to keep you from feeling like compelled in this moment, like an emotional response, which we don't want. um, I just want you to look at the pictures on these boards over here and on on both sides. Just walk around and look at them. Look at the faces and raise your empathy and look past the picture and remember it's a real person. And remember that for some, it's just like, man, you know, Corey shared there's 109 of these kids underneath Ricardo's care. And remember, that's 109 stories, 109 names, 109 little kids that matter to God. And so I just want you to look at them and pray over them. Maybe one of them stands out to you and you can imprint their image, their their face in your mind and you just pray over them. And in order to, or something to help you to remember that is there's these little prayer dolls that Corey's going to talk to you more about when we close later today. And just take one right now, take one of those prayer dolls off. It's a little magnet. You can take it off and let that little prayer doll be a reminder for you to pray for these kids. Our prayers actually can make a difference. And so I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to pray for us and encourage you to respond however you see fit. But, man, I really do hope, we hope, you'll walk around and just look at the faces and allow God to raise your empathy and pray for the stories. Let's pray right now. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for what you've done in and through this church and the opportunities you give us to give out of our abundance. God, you have blessed us so much more than we can even realize And God, I pray that we continue to see opportunities you're putting in front of us as a way to be ministers of your gospel by meeting needs if we can meet them. And God, all of us have our own set of excuses, and you know I've had my fair share. And so God, I pray that you continue to show us how we can allow our faith to be brought into action when we actually start to meet the needs that are in front of us. And that if we'll prepare ourselves to do that ahead of time, So it doesn't catch us off guard that we start to live intentionally, start leaving traces of your love everywhere we go because we're prepared to do so. And so, God, we just want to invite you into this moment. This response is going to look different for each and every person in here. And so would you just meet us in this place and help us to respond accordingly? We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Feel free to come down front or in the back.